Welcome to the Table of Perspective, where we take a deeper look into how the internal narrative of an individual determines their response to life itself and all it entails. Today, I will be your host, Bila, and I'll be covering a very interesting um, uh, author. So the author's name is John O'Connell, and the book that I'll be doing today that he has written is The Book of Spice. Um, there's quite a lot of information on it, and I'd love to share that if we can just go into the first song, and I hope you enjoy Your love is so much better, sweeter than any other. Deeper than words can explain. Your love they pass my brain. When I go to the east, they say no. When I go to the west, they say no. And they ask to be my provider. It was written by John O'Connell, and a little bit about the author is John O'Connell is a former senior editor at Time Out and music columnist for The Face. He's now a freelance writer mainly for The Times and The Guardian. Uh, he interviewed David Bowie in New York in 2002 and lives in South London. Um, John O'Connell has written over 47 books and um, most of them have gotten uh, exceptional ratings. Some to mention here are Bowie's Bookshelf, the 100 books that changed David Bowie's life, The Book of Spice, From Anise to Zadori, which is the one I'm covering today. Then we've got Bax The Basketball Legacy, A Confession, For the Love of Letters, The Joy of Slow Communication, and it goes on and on. He has quite a few reads um, that you might enjoy. So what the book is actually about, according to um, the information on the back, goes as follows. So spices are rare things, at once familiar and exotic. 
comforting us in favorite dishes while evoking a far-flung country. Arabian souks, trade winds, colonial conquests, and vast fortunes. The Book of Spice introduces us to the fascinating stories that lie behind culinary staples and esoteric luxuries. Combining insights on history and art, religion and medicine, superstition and science, John O'Connell explains why Cleopatra bathed in saffron and mare's milk, why wormwood-laced absinthe caused 18th-century drinkers to hallucinate, and how cloves harvested in remote Indonesian islands found their way into a kitchen in ancient Syria. Almost every household contains a pepper mill or a stick of cinnamon. Almost every dish, a pinch of something, whether chili or cumin. Combining an extraordinary amount of research with a lifelong passion, this expanded edition of the Book of Spice is both invaluable reference and an entertaining read. And I for one vouch that that is very much correct. Um, I thoroughly enjoy reading about and, and actually investing into um, in interesting ways that people consume and prepare food. Um, something that's always fascinated me is that around the world we have fairly simple ingredients, but because of geographical location as well as um, the way that people come up with different ideas of using uh, the resources, you have such a great amount of different types of dishes that have been made and remembered as being nostalgic by many cultures and, and, and tribes. Um, and for myself, having grown up in a household with an Arabic, Arabic father and an Afrikaans mother, there is a very interesting combination of seeing how things being prepared, uh, simple ingredients prepared in vastly different ways, gives you a completely different dish. So I'm actually going to read a couple pages from, from the book itself. And I'm going to be going to uh, chili peppers as one of them. Um, but we're going to begin with celery seed. So celery seed, also known as Apium gravolians, um, the celery we know today, the self-blanching Apium gravolians dolce, was dis developed in the 17th century by Italian gardeners from a foul-smelling wild celery called smolage, which grows in salt marshes. The horses of the Myrmidons graze on it in um, Homer's Iliad. And forgive me for my pronunciation, I do apologize for that. Um, so today, celery is a big deal in Italy, usually braised and gratinade within inch, an inch of its life, and grows most notably in Puglia, Calabria and Campania. Sicily produces its own small-stemmed variety, which is used in the vegetable stew caponata. By the time John Evelyn was writing his Assetaria, a discourse of salads in 1699, newfangled Italian celery was positively fashionable. Celery, Apium Italicillium, and the Petros lean family was formerly a stranger with us, nor very long since in, in, in Italy, is a hot and more generous sort of Macedonian parsley or smallage, and for its high and grateful taste is ever placed in the middle of this grand salad at our great men's tables and praetors' feasts in the grace of the whole board. A. Gravelians is a herbaceous bilineal in the parsley family, which yields a mass of tiny, rigid, grey-brown fruits every second year. It grows best in cool to moderate climates and needs a lot of moisture, as its roots are shallow. Strictly speaking, celery seeds actually are fruit, and usually smallage seeds. The harv you harvest them by cutting the stalk and hanging it upside down to dry, with the seed head covered. Celery seeds should be bought whole, crushed at home just before they are needed, and used sparingly as they have a strong bitter flavour. 
like a very pronounced version of the cooked stalks. They work well with egg dishes, fish, salad dressings, and sprinkled over cucumbers and tomatoes in breads and especially biscuits or savory uh, pastries intended to be eaten with cheese. The condiment celery salt is a combination of ground celery seeds and salt and is common seasoning for American hot dogs, quail's eggs, and of course, Bloody Marys. Note that celery salt is missing, along with Tabasco, from the earliest versions of the restorative cocktail. Its first appearance is in one of the three Bloody Mary recipes, former World of PR Ted Saucier's book, Buttons Up, in 1951. Shortly before the first ever sighting of celery stick garnage in Byfield's Pump Room, the Chicago restaurant that inspired the title of Phil Collins' 1985 album, No Jacket Required, when it turned the singing drummer singing or drummer singer away from failing to meet his dress code. In ancient Greece, smallage was grown for its medicinal qualities, a carminative and diuretic, and in ancient Rome as a painkiller, according to the Salsus de Medicina. The Greeks associated small smallage with death and wove funeral garlands from its leaves. Apiol, the chemical compound it contains, is an abortifacient. Oil distilled from celery and parsley, which also contains apiol, was used in medieval times to induce abortions and treat menstrual disorders. Consumed in large quantities, it can be used, or rather it can cause liver and kidney failure. Fresh smallage leaves can be used in salads and sauces. The stalks, which have a harsh bitter taste, are sometimes used in French cuisine, but usually blanched first to draw away the bitterness and make them sweeter. Turnip-rooted celery or celeriac, bred from the same source as a Grovelians, is a Sedano rapper. So that's just a little bit of how the book was quite written uh, in, in a very not only intriguing way, but informative manner. Um, I really appreciate the history put into the research of the book and how, yes, just as they mentioned in the beginning, um, everyone has a bit of spice in some cu cupboard somewhere and there's barely any dishes that uh, actually don't call for spice. Um, so it's, it's very enjoyable actually to, to read the origin of the spice itself and sometimes its use. So for the chili pepper specifically, uh, is quite an, an interesting story going forward. Um, in 1987, a Portuguese-born audio engineer called Fernando Duarte took his friend Robbie Brozen to a Portuguese restaurant called Chickenland in Rosettenville, a suburb of Johannesburg. They liked the place so much they bought it. Brozen was an entrepreneur, he could do that sort of thing, and renamed it Nando's in Duarte's honor. What made Chickenland so appealing? It served flame-grilled chicken, which, which had been marinated in peri-peri sauce. Peri-peri, or pili-pili, as the Swahili name for the chilepepin, or the bird's eye chili pepper, is a variety of the most common chili pepper species, capsicum fretescens, native to the Americas, but disseminated across Europe. Asia and Africa by the Spanish and Portuguese, who were helped by the fact that the seeds remained viable for two or three years. Nando's sauce, made with bird's eye chilies grown in Mozambique, is a version of the marinade that the Portuguese settlers brought with them to South Africa. Crushed chilies mixed with citrus peel, garlic, onion, salt, pepper, bay leaves, lemon juice, paprika, pimento, tarragon, basil and oregano. No wonder it tastes so good. And where Nando's is concerned, goodness means hotness. 
Musing on the way the restaurant chain has managed to combine massive global popularity with not being awful, the novelist John Lanchester revealed, My standard Nando's order is a chicken breast burger served with medium, which is still fairly spicy. But on my Ofsted-style inspection visit to a local branch, I ordered it hot. After my first mouthful, I burst into tears and went crimson. Lord knows how much extra hot might actually taste like. The modern use of the word spicy is a synonym for hot, is, uh, which often is a synonym for hot, is almost entirely the fault of chili. The Aztec Nautle, named for the fruit of the numerous varieties of capsicum plant, the pods are technically berries, but, in horti but horticulturalists call them fruits. In the excellent Complete Chili Pepper book from 2009, chili can be spelt several ways. Paul W. Bosland and Dave DeWitt clarify that chili's status, not the first occasion on which they've been obliged to disperse the fog enshrouding the most complex and multifarious of the plants. When harvested at the green stage, the pods are considered a vegetable. When harvested in the dried mature color, red or orange, they become a spice. For many people, chili is a spice. It's a heat connoting danger and um, attraction. It even has its own dedicated unit of measurement for heat, the Scoville Heat Unit. Devised in 1912 by the American pharmacist Wilbur Scoville, not all chilies are hot and pungent, but when they are, it is because they contain large quantities of the volatile compound named capsation. So that was just a, another little snippet from the book, and it was quite interesting to find this because as the show is being recorded in South Africa, um, this is actually the history of a very famous restaurant that we often enjoy as South Africans, and that's Nando's. Um, and so reading into this book, seeing the research, how it's not only from one part of the world, um, it's a very enjoyable thing to invest into. So we're going to go into our second song, and then we'll close off this show. Enjoy. Cry. But now you're gone, how can I survive? 
up of where I left off with the Scoville um, unit, I, there, I believe there are several shows actually on YouTube you can find this one show called Hot Ones, where the presenter basically has an array of different um, hot sauces that they eat on chicken wings, and they usually have uh, celebrities of all types who come and in enjoy, or rather suffer through, uh, this, this experience from the least hot to the most severe um, types of chili peppers, and actually reading into where the, they originated and the kind of fruit or, or vegetable, or spice as, as it is known as, um, is it really opens up a new world of observation and I think that that's something that most people uh, really need to encourage in, in their lives. Uh, it's not a common thing but unfortunately um, or rather fortunately it is something to, to cultivate. So if I were to advise anything I thoroughly advise to uh, buy this book or lend it from a friend, The Book of Spice, if you're interested in anything to do with culinary or if you're just a research boffin or love a bit of history now and then, I think that it is quite an entertaining book and it's thoroughly enjoyable. So that's all from me. I hope that you have a pleasant day further and cheers. That simple. Become part of the family today because radio has never been better with Active FM. This is Radio On Demand. What you want, when you want it. It's Active FM. Radio has never been better, baby. This is Active FM. Go to www.activefm.co.za for more. For more. For more. Thank you. 